I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm a guy. Straight guy. But God bless me with a face as lovely as a girl and a wonderful friend. Yes, my life was thrown into chaos in an instant, and this is my story. I'm 17 years old, and my name is Eric. As I previously stated, I had a BFF named Dex. He's gay and proud to be part of the LGBTQIA community, and I admire and respect Dex as well as everything he believes in. At school, Dex is a member of the LGBTQIA club. They always want to express themselves and get along, but are always looked down on by everyone. They are not allowed to attend or be welcomed at many events. Dex has always wanted his club to be more influential at school, and I know it's going to be a difficult journey. So I support him with all I have. Dex brought his makeup to my house during a boring summer vacation and said, Bro, can I do makeup for you? You'll be even hotter than the hot girls. For Christ's sake. I'd never imagined myself wearing makeup, but Dex was begging me to do it. So I gave in. And it might actually be fun, lol. <laughs> TBH, many people used to tell me that I looked like a girl because of my white skin, bright eyes, and red lips. When I saw myself in the mirror, I was astounded by Dex's talent. I felt like a completely different person. Honestly, I was as attractive as the other hot girls. Dex and I laughed so much at my new appearance. We also borrowed my sister's gown, put on a wig, and took photos. And Dex shared those photos on social media, and they received a lot of likes and comments. They said the girl in the photos was beautiful. Dex and I were excited at my sudden fame. We decided to set up a TikTok account and posted videos of me after each makeup. From there, a girl named Cabela was born. Nobody knew that it was a work of Eric's and mine. So, we became obsessed with makeup, TikTok, and laughing at the comments for the entire summer. Cabela quickly rose to prominence as a TikToker. We even made some money from advertising a few products on our channel. Soon, the school year began, and when we returned to class, we discovered how popular Cabela had become. Everywhere we went, we saw people watching videos of Cabela. That made me and Dex even more excited. Returning to Dex, taking that beautiful opportunity, 
He wanted me to continue acting as Cabela and join the LGBTQIA club at school. Dex insisted. With Cabela's online popularity, the club will gain more reputation. I'll be elected president, and the LGBTQIA club will be represented by everyone. We'll be allowed to participate in more school events. Please, help me this time, Eric. Please. I always sympathize and understand Dex's wishes. So, I decided to accept his request. But, I made a condition that I would only appear in the group videos or livestream talk shows. Just as Dex said, the group was ecstatic when I joined under the name of Cabela and became the group's visual. Dex introduced himself as Cabela's manager, which gained him more credibility. We agreed to keep Cabela's true identity a secret, to protect Dex's reputation and avoid making the group a laughing stock at school. Everything was fine until a new student, Amy, was assigned to my class. I was immediately smitten by her smile, and wanted to learn more about her. We sat close together, so it was easy for me to strike up a conversation with Amy. We started having lunch together because she was pleasant and cheerful. My best friend group now consisted of three people. Myself, Dex, and Amy. I began to feel rushed living as two people simultaneously. I was a straight guy hanging out with Amy in the morning. When the night arrived, I'd be Cabela doing makeup with Dex, making TikTok videos to keep our popularity alive, and live streaming as the LGBTQIA group's visuals. I couldn't tell Amy I was Cabela because of my promise I made with Dex. Nobody wanted their crush to see them acting girly, right? Not long after that, Amy and I started dating. There was a rumor that Cabela was me that was leaked at the school's forum one day. That drew a lot of attention. They wanted to take photos with me outside the classroom. I was Cabela, according to a forum post, which includes pictures of me before and after applying makeup. Everyone was interested, but that freaked the sheep out of me, and I hurriedly went looking for Dex. But to my surprise, he approached me and smiled. I'm the one who made this public. As I thought, finding out that the famous Cabela is a student at our school brought the LGBTQIA group more respect. They all go crazy. <laughs> yes, everyone seemed pleased, but Amy and I were not. With a surprised expression on her face, she looked at me. I didn't know what to say to Amy because she thought I was playing with her heart. I couldn't tell her I wasn't gay because it would embarrass Dex who lied about everything on the school's forum. And of course, I couldn't say I was gay because I would lose Amy. OMG. I thought I was going insane. I turned to Dex and was furious at his action. Look, Dex, I can help you act as Cabela, but I want her and I to be two different people. I too want Amy's love, just like the other guys. You get me? Dex gave me a pitying look and said, I just want everyone to know that I have a famous best friend, and isn't revealing this help people fawning over you? Regardless of how Dex said, I insisted on refusing. I don't give a damn, dude. Amy dumped me because of these stupid things. I'll tell her everything. I no longer desired to be famous. And then I walked away, leaving Dex standing there in agony. That afternoon, I asked Amy to go to the school's backyard to explain everything. While I was waiting for her, suddenly Dex came up to me and apologized. When Amy arrived, Dex turned to me and kissed and hugged me tightly. Everything was blown apart by the kiss. When Amy saw that, she sobbed and ran away. Everything happened so fast. I couldn't even call Amy back. I pushed Dex away and punched him in a fit of anger. What exactly are you up to? Amy just left. You selfish piece of crap. You're willing to ruin my happiness to gain fame. Dex stood there, a sad expression on his face. I'm into you, man. And you're right. I'm selfish. 
I couldn't stand seeing you and Amy dating. Dex then turned around and left. What he said surprised me, and my heart hurt because I hit my best friend for the first time. Amy tried to stay away from me after that. She didn't respond to my text or allow me to explain myself. Dex and I also didn't see each other. I was still furious with Dex. The relationship between the three of us was broken. For a long time after that, I lived in boredom because I lost my best friend and girlfriend at the same time. I announced my withdrawal from the LGBTQIA club and quietly deleted my TikTok account and all images of Cabela. Enough is enough. Amy came to my house one day and said, Eric, come to Dex's house with me. He and his family's leaving today to start a new life in another country. That news astounds me greatly. We hurried over to his location and Amy told me everything on the way. Dex showed up and told me all about how he wanted to be president of the LGBTQIA club, which compelled you to become Cabela. He also firmly assured me that you were straight. Dex's family was about to leave when we arrived. I quickly approached him and apologized. Dex smiled and asked, Hey dude, one hug before I go? We hugged for a few moments in the late afternoon sun before saying our goodbyes. Dex gave me a notebook before leaving, and he didn't forget to wish me and Amy happiness. That night, I opened his notebook. It turned out to be Dex's diary about his happy days with me, about his feelings, and many pictures of us. Dex also devoted a whole page to me. Dear Eric, I realized that this friendship was worth more than becoming the president of a club or any other fancy thing. They only respect me if I have you, but you'll have my back even if I have nothing. When I move to a new country, I'll join a true and healthy LGBTQIA group where everyone is treated equally and respectfully. I like you a lot, dude. Sorry for being an ass and ruining your relationship with Amy. I apologized to her and told her everything except my feelings about you. It's a secret. Be happy, my best man. Every misunderstanding between Amy and me was cleared up. We reconnected and were as happy as before. However, despite everything, I still felt a bit guilty and missed Dex terribly. We continued to keep in touch with one another. He told me that he had a boyfriend and started a new wonderful life not long after that. After this story, I just hope we will all learn to cherish our best friend while we can. One more important thing. Whoever you are, regardless of your gender and sexuality, you all have the right to be loved and heard. If you enjoy this story, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. You can also click the bell to be notified of more great stories. I remember five years ago, if you would have asked me if I could imagine myself living a life like this, I would have answered no. Back then, I was just Dalton, a simple guy who lived a simple life, working 9 to 5 as a car wash attendant. I had a girlfriend then. Her name was Whitney. We were happy for a time, until she got hooked on reality shows. From that moment on, all she wanted was to be one of those girls, spending money and owning stuff she didn't need. She didn't work. Not that she couldn't find a job, just that she didn't feel like it was befitting of her. I started working while going to high school. I didn't have the luxury of the pride that Whitney had. We were poor, and I needed the money to help my grandma. But with a girl like Whitney as my girlfriend, I only got to keep half my pay. Sometimes, I would even be flat out broke because of her. Whitney loved her shiny things, and she made it my duty to give them to her. If you're not buying me gifts, are you even my boyfriend? She would always say she'd leave me if I didn't give in to what she wanted, and I was afraid of losing her. I always thought she was special, and she had a beautiful voice.
I started writing songs because of her, and whenever she'd sing my songs, I'd feel like the luckiest guy in the world. When she sang those songs, everyone's eyes and ears would be on her, and she loved the attention. Even when she would claim the songs were hers, I didn't mind. I knew she wanted to be famous, and if my songs were the way she could get her dreams, I would happily stay in the shadows and support her with all my heart. But everything changed when she finally got what she wanted. One day while performing at a school event, an agent came up to her and gave her his card. Two weeks later, a recording label signed her. I took her to prom, but the romantic night I had been dreaming of for years suddenly crumbled in front of me when I asked her to dance and she swatted my hand away. I can't be seen with you anymore. What? Why? I'm gonna be famous now. What will people say if they knew I was dating a car wash boy? Huh? What will my fans say? I... But I love you. That's not enough. I won't have you ruin my dream. You're a nobody, and that will never be worthy of me. Now, get lost. Everyone saw, and everyone heard her break up with me at prom. I cried. It broke my heart. Every day, that moment was all I could think of. I was always so distracted that I got fired from my only job, and my old boss didn't give me a good reference, so I found it hard to get another job. The only person who was kind enough to hire me was some guy who lived in a mansion who took me in as a pool boy. He was barely there, which was great. I basically got paid to hang out in an expensive house. In just a year, Whitney's career skyrocketed. She went to award shows, sang on TV, and one of her songs even got used in a movie. I knew then I could never reach her. Until one day, she came into my life again. My producer boss told me he had a very important artist coming over and to make the pool area and the garden presentable. He had me put up streamers and dress up nice. There was going to be a party that day, and the guest of honor was Whitney. I almost fell over when I saw her come in. She looked nothing like she used to, and I felt a twinge in my heart. She barely noticed me. I doubt she even recognized me. They were celebrating her debut album's success. All of the songs in it were songs that I wrote for her. My name was never even mentioned in the credits. I overheard her and the producer talk about something, and it sounded like an argument. It's in your contract, Whitney. I know, I know, but I'm an artist. Art can't be rushed. All the label is asking for is one song, one snippet of a song. If you want to capitalize on your fame, you have to record your next album right now, or you'll just end up being a one-hit wonder. Whitney was struggling to write her next album. It wasn't a surprise since she didn't write the first one. Then, I saw them kiss. I guess that was how Whitney convinced the producer to have more patience. When Whitney finally saw me and recognized me, she cornered me. You, you have to keep this a secret, you hear? And you have to write me new songs. I... I'll pay you. But I couldn't simply do it anymore. She tore my heart in two. And now she wanted me to save her fake career? When I refused her, she had me fired. I guess if you're someone with a secret, you wouldn't want your secret keeper to be so close to the people who can end your career. For me, it was a record low. Did pool boys even get fired? How bad do you have to be as a pool boy to get fired? I was on my way to move back in with my parents when a limo stopped where I was walking. The window rolled down and I saw a beautiful woman beckon me towards her. The chauffeur stepped out and opened the door. Come in. I'll give you a ride.
My mom always warned me about stranger danger, but she didn't say some of the strangers were gonna be that hot. So, despite my doubts, I hopped into the limo, and when we started moving, the woman handed me a card and shook my hand. I'm Lola. I represent Somi Records. I've been watching you for a while now. What? I'll keep it direct to the point. I heard a rumor that Whitney didn't write her own songs. I make it a point to investigate my rivals, and I found out you were the songwriter. Why didn't you say anything? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I loved her, I guess. I'll offer you a hundred grand as an upfront payment if you sign with us. I couldn't speak. I just nodded my head. I couldn't believe any of it was real. And yet, when I opened my bank account when she dropped me off at home, the money was all there. I had to pick my jaw off the ground when I saw how many zeros there were. I spent the better part of a year writing songs. I got myself a penthouse downtown, and I bought my family an apartment next to mine. Lola gave me a complete makeover, and they marketed me as a singer-songwriter who plays guitar. And then, they released my first album. My debut single was an instant hit. I wrote that song about how Whitney used me and dumped me for fame. So many girls wrote me emails and slid into my DMs telling me my song broke their heart, and that my voice made them fall in love. Actresses and models threw themselves at my feet. Women who didn't even know my last name asked me to marry them. I was invited to award shows and TV programs. I went to red carpets and galas, and on my arm would always be Lola, the beautiful girl who changed my life. My album was nominated for an award, and that night a designer came to me personally and fitted a suit for me. Italian brands fought each other for the chance to make me wear their shoes and belts. And when I got off the limo to go to the red carpet, a hundred flashbulbs lit up and innumerable paparazzi yelled out my name. There were girls lining up the street chanting my name. I knew that I'd made it. A familiar voice called out my name, and I turned around. It was Whitney. You! Get out of my shot! The paparazzi are taking pictures of me! Go back to whatever limo you're driving and stop standing in the middle of the carpet! I could tell she no longer recognized me, so I just gave her a small bow and walked into the theater. Later that night, as the ceremony went on, a security guard approached the table next to us where Whitney sat. It turned out she'd gatecrashed the ceremony as she wasn't even invited. But Whitney loudly protested and made things awkward. She even told the guard she would have him fired, and so the guard let her be. I won the award for Best Album that night, and I made a speech that shocked everyone. I would like to thank a very special lady here tonight. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had the inspiration for this hit song. I believe some of you would love to know who the song is about. Well, you all know her. It's none other than Whitney. Whitney stood up and began to make her way to the door, not wanting any part of the drama she caused. But before she could escape, the spotlight found her. And just then, her phone rang. And then 20 different notifications. Everyone else's phones began to beep. And I looked at mine. The reviews for Whitney's new album had dropped. It was the first one where she wrote all the songs. And the critics trashed it. News articles about it kept popping up and her horrible songs were trending on Twitter. She ran out of there humiliated. And Hollywood never saw her again. It was many years later, while I was waiting for our limo to arrive as I carried my son, that someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around to find Whitney. 
I hardly even recognized her. She was wearing tattered clothes and had dark circles under her eyes. Oh my god, how could you hide our baby from me all this time? She said it loud enough so that everyone on the street could hear. And when people recognized both of us, they started whispering, I need money. You have to pay me for taking our baby. But before she could go further, the limo door opened and my wife stepped out. Child, I don't know what fantasy world you live in, but that is my baby. I know, because I was there the day it happened. She took out a photo of us and our newborn baby and showed it to anyone who could see. Now, whatever scheme you're trying to pull, it won't work. Now go back to your sad, unremarkable life. Lola pulled me into the limo, but before we drove away, I rolled down the windows and smiled at Whitney. If you didn't lie so much, maybe things would have turned out differently for you. And with that, I kissed my beloved wife and our limo pulled away, leaving my ex-girlfriend speechless on the sidewalk. Once upon a time, there lived a boy raised by a horrible, terrible mother who only knew how to make him feel like he didn't deserve anything in the world. That boy grew up to live a life filled with suffering which led him to a path of destruction. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Hi everyone, my name's Axel. My parents fought a lot. Every day, multiple times a day. It was like being in the middle of a war zone, only the weapons they use are words. My earliest memory was of hearing my mom shouting at my dad for not being able to afford to buy her a diamond necklace like her friend Sarah's husband. Sarah lived two houses down the street, and Mom and her would spend afternoons trying to outdo each other. They acted like they were friends, but really, they were fierce rivals who always tried to outdo each other. My dad tried. He tried to be calm around her, tried to be nice and give her everything. But one day, Mom hit Dad with her fist when he found out she was cheating, and he left without another word. I was ten when Dad left. Apparently, Mom started cheating on him ages ago with Sarah's husband, and she was stealing from the family business. Well, the day my dad left, the family business left with him, and Mom didn't like that one bit. She took that anger out on me. Sometimes she'd starve me on purpose, or she'd leave the house only returning weeks later. I had to fend for myself early. Boyfriend after boyfriend came and went so quickly into our house that Mom should have just had a revolving door installed. My favorite was Tim. At least he let me keep the change whenever he'd asked me to buy him his drinks at the corner shop. And he didn't push me around like the others. Him and Mom lasted about a month. I grew up with zero self-esteem. Mom always made me feel like I was worthless. If you hadn't been born, your dad would still be here. Now look at us. We're poorer than rats. I was over her crap that week. I was already so tired from doing all the house chores and cooking her every meal that I finally snapped. Dad's gone because of you! You klepto, cheating, gold-digging slap! Mom left a stinging sensation across my cheek. And when she saw that I was trying my best not to show that I was about to cry... She decked me in the guts and I fell to the floor. She threw me out of the house that day. I didn't have anything but the clothes I was wearing on my back. I was lucky that my best friend Cole's mom was chill and took pity on me. I even joked about wanting to get adopted by a hot mom like her to Cole, and he immediately gave me a quick kick in the knee. It was around that time that I met Haley. I was depressed. I had no home, 
and I was wondering how I could ever make something of myself in the world without a family. But then I met her, and when I met Haley, my dark world suddenly became bright. I woke up every day like it was the best day ever, and whenever she smiled at me, I felt like I could do anything. Thing is, I had no business jumping into relationships. Especially not before dealing with what I got going on. Oh, I was horrible at it. The only people I could model from was my parents, and I thought that was what love looked like. I was... basically a simp. I did everything Haley asked. I gave her whatever she wanted, and when I couldn't give it to her, I felt bad and made myself feel bad. I thought I would never become like my parents. But I unconsciously did anyway. Haley and I fought every day. When we graduated, she spit on my face and broke up with me in front of our classmates. I am so glad I'm moving to Colorado for college. Now this can finally be over. By the way, I only used you so I could copy off of you during exams. You'll never be worthy of me. Or any girl. You'll never be anything. I cried a lot. I'm not ashamed to say it. But Cole and his mom were there for me. But eventually I moved out of there. They told me I was welcome to stay, but I just felt bad just taking from them and never being able to give back anything. So I took my chances and went to Hollywood. Now, I wasn't bad looking, and I was quite tall, so I thought I'd do some modeling. I got a job as a waiter and went to a few auditions. Honestly, I landed my first break out of pure luck. I was just walking to get some milk when some random lady stopped me and handed me her card. That very next day, I was called in to shoot a commercial. I went to Hollywood to try some runaway modeling. It turned out, I was pretty good at acting. So after my first commercial, that same lady who found me became my manager and she helped me book TV gigs. Nothing special, I would usually just be someone in the background. But then, one day one of the actors got sick and they needed a replacement. I immediately volunteered. The director was already frustrated, so he just waved yes. And that was the beginning of an awesome career. I did hit TV shows, movies with the best of the best, and soon enough, I was able to give back to Cole and his mom. I bought them a much nicer house, and I always send them tickets to any of my shows and red carpets. But then, years later, tragedy struck. I was in the middle of giving a press conference for having received my very first award when I got the call that Cole had passed away. He had a heart attack, and he was so young. I couldn't eat or sleep for days. I flew home and helped Cole's mom get through it. But when I flew back, I felt like I couldn't deal with it myself. I was just going through the motions, smiling for the cameras, waving to people. But inside, I felt dead. Until I saw Violet. She was crying, waving her hand so desperately at me, wanting me to sign her autograph. And you know what? When I saw her, it was like the sun was shining on me. The world stopped. I never felt like that in a very long time, so I invited her back to my hotel. And we fell in love with each other instantly. Violet was probably the most beautiful girl in the world. And the world agreed. We were the cover story of every tabloid and entertainment magazine for weeks. They were all talking about our mysterious whirlwind romance. 
Violet was there for me. She helped me get through my grief, and she made the world a happy place again. I spent every free moment I had with her. I visited her family, and I even became pretty good friends with her sister who turned out was obsessed with the same video game as I was. We bonded a lot through that. While Violet was out shopping with my bodyguard, Kelly and I would spend hours just playing on the PlayStation. I felt happy. I found somewhere I belonged again. With Violet as the woman of my dreams, and Kelly as the sister I never had. The only problem was... Maybe Violet was too beautiful? Or, as Kelly put it, too much of a flirt. Every job I had, as soon as they saw what my girlfriend looked like, the director would fire me. And then they tried to take Violet out. A couple of them even offered her jobs, giving her roles in their movies just so she'd go on dates with them. And I... I felt powerless. She said if I loved her, I would let her do what she wants. She said if I loved her, that I would be happy for her. That I'd be happy that she was getting her own break. I know it was wrong, but I let her bully me into believing that she just wanted what I had. And that she was not, in fact, using me to get her own fame. I loved her so much that I let her walk all over me. One day, she tried to end my career. She called me before I saw the news, telling me that she only did it so that there'd be a buzz around us and her new movie would sell lots of tickets. But when I saw what she'd said about me, I couldn't believe my eyes. In minutes, there were dozens of paparazzi outside my door. I couldn't even go out and get my postmate. Kelly had to literally muscle her way through a bunch of reporters and deliver my food through the back. The next day, the police came and arrested me. I got bailed out, of course. But my career was over. The movies I was working on dropped me. I was blacklisted from clubs and received every hate mail imaginable. Everywhere I went, people asked me the same question. Axel! Axel, over here! Why did you hit her, Axel? I did not hit her! I did not! Yeah, Violet told everyone I hit her. Sure, we fought a lot. Mainly because I would get jealous when I saw her sitting on some gross producer's lap. I never, ever laid a hand on her. That's what I told the judge during the trial. Not a lot of people believed me. Not even my own lawyer. But then, one day, a miracle happened. The people I loved stood up for me. As Violet was telling an elaborate lie about the night I supposedly hit her, my camp called out a witness they were never expecting. Violet's sister. Kelly defied her own sister and told everyone the truth. That, in fact, it was Violet who was always hitting me. That the same night she had given me a black eye just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore if she would keep going out with directors and producers. Kelly told everyone how she witnessed Violet on multiple occasions punching me in the gut when her temper rose up. And then, several other witnesses said the same thing. There were even a couple of producers that Violet had cheated on me with who took to the stand. They all said the same thing. The Violet had, on multiple occasions, beat them up. I won that trial, and finally my name was clean again. People who accused me apologized, and Violet was sent to jail for what she did. Now, her career is over, and mine is back on track. And what's more is that I realized there was one person who truly loved me the way love is supposed to be like, and I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner. Kelly, her sister... I took it slow with her, and eventually, I proposed. 
Now we live a happy life. Three kids and counting. I grew up around girls. My mom was a single mother of eight, and all my sisters were older than me. I was the baby. But I was also the cause of my sister's envy. Because I was the only boy, my mother doted on me. She named me Prince, and she lavished me with gifts and love and care. And my sisters resented me for it. Every Christmas, I got a lot of toys. Mom treated me like her little star. She would boast about me to her friends, and every chance she got, she would make me sing in front of her friends at family parties and whenever she would take me to her workplace. She was so proud to have a child who had talent when all my other siblings did was spend her money and shop for clothes. And although I understand that it wasn't right that Mom played favorites, I also don't think it was a good reason for what my sisters did to me. She had always wanted to be a singer, but once she got married, she had to give up her career. My sisters were never good at music, and that had always disappointed her, especially because my sisters weren't interested in learning how to sing at all. But I loved it. My earliest memory was a mom singing me a lullaby, and the moment I could talk, I began to sing. From that moment on, my sisters began to make my life a living nightmare. At school, they pretended like they didn't know me. They would humiliate me to my classmates by telling embarrassing stories that only they knew, and they made sure none of the girls were interested in me. Every time I tried to talk to a girl I liked, they would swarm her and take her away. They would all tell her lies about me, and the very next day, that girl would not want to be anywhere near me. At home, they blamed me for everything that went wrong. They made sure Mom didn't have any more reasons to like me over them. One night, they went out without Mom's permission to a party. I begged them to take me. Are you kidding? You at one of our parties? They're going to laugh at us! You don't belong in our space. Do you know how popular we are? <laughs> oh, it'd be too embarrassing! They'll say we hang out with dorks. My other sisters agreed, and they left without me. That night, they woke me up, panicked. Marina grabbed my arm, and they all dragged me down to the garage in the middle of the night. And I saw why. Mom's car was scratched up pretty bad. It turned out they took it without asking her, and none of them really knew how to drive. You have to help us! You have to fix it! How am I supposed to fix that? I don't know. Aren't you supposed to be a genius? Figure it out. I can't fix everything. It's your fault for taking the car out. Actually, no. It's your fault. At least, that's what you'll tell Mom in the morning. What? If you really want us to let you hang out with us, you should tell Mom you went to that party. And it was your idea to take the car. Maybe we'll even introduce you to Haley. I know you have a crush on her. And if you do this, we won't get in the way. Despite my better judgment, I did as they asked. I guess I really just wanted to be friends with my sisters. I wanted them to accept me. So when Mom found out the next morning, I fessed up to something I didn't do. I thought my sisters would be right. I thought Mom would brush it off like she usually did because it was me. But it was the first and only time I saw Mom really mad at me 
She didn't shout. She didn't scold me. She just fell silent. The look of disappointment in her eyes was more than enough to tell me what she thought. She didn't speak to me at all. But before I could even think that she would eventually forgive me, my sisters blamed me again for another thing they did. They stole Mom's jewelry and pawned them so they could go shopping. And they made sure to buy me some stuff, too, so they had evidence that I was the kingpin. Mom finally broke. The car was Dad's first gift to her. And among the rings and necklaces they sold was something Mom cherished very much. It was a ring he gave her for their anniversary. And when my sisters convinced her that I was the thief, she couldn't bear the betrayal she thought I did to her. She didn't leave her room. She just told my sisters to pack my bags and throw me out. And they did so with joy. Because finally they were able to get rid of the favorite. Finally, they would be the stars, and not me. I wanted to tell Mom what really happened. I wanted to tell her the truth, but she didn't want to see me. And my sisters pushed me until I was out of the house. <laughs> Good riddance. And don't you try and come back. So much for being the favorite. Now you're the prodigal son. The whole point of the prodigal son is that he returns in the end. Ha! We'll see about that. They threw me out on the street. I was alone and cold and didn't know what to do. I would sing in the park or the subway. But people were mean and rude. They would make fun of me. And even when they complimented my voice, they never bothered to leave a tip. I starved. So, I stole. I stole from bakeries, from fruit stalls, and from delis. I'm not proud of it, but I did what I could to survive. Until one day I saw a pair of ladies lunching at a cafe. One of them was having pasta and the other some sort of frittata. I heard my stomach grumble. In the middle of their lunch, they both stood up and went inside. I saw my opportunity. I ran to their table and grabbed the frittata with one hand and dug the other hand into the pasta. I gobbled it all down. And then I saw that they'd left their purses unattended. I was going to grab them and run when a hand gently took hold of my arm and turned me around. Now, now, you can eat from our table, but please don't take our belongings. Come, sit with us. Would you like something to eat? Layla and Lola were the nicest people I've met. Instead of turning me in, instead of being mad, they helped me. They fed me, and they talked to me. They asked me about my story, and I told them what happened. And by the end of it, they offered to let me stay in their house. Of course I said yes. I was expecting a regular home and a normal room. But when they took me to their house, I realized they weren't just rich— they were billionaires. There were at least ten cars in their garage. They had a butler and twenty maids. There were paintings from Van Gogh to Picasso to Banksy lining their walls. And the room they gave me had windows from floor to ceiling and a walk-in closet bigger than my old living room. Layla and Lola took me out often, and they introduced me to everyone as their boyfriend. And I would always blush. Because who wouldn't when two very beautiful women flirt with you so openly? They both supported my dreams. They sent me to singing lessons with the best teachers in the state. And then, a year later, they introduced me to a music producer. 
I worked long and hard to record my own music. And yet another year later, my album was released. Waiting for news was horrible. I could hardly sleep. They told me not to expect anything, and I was fully ready to be a flop. And the sales were bad for the first few days. By the third day, my album had sold only 125 copies. And I'm pretty sure most of them were Layla and Lola themselves. I was already about to accept that music was not for me. When the women came running to me with excited looks on their faces. Oh my god, oh my god! Open your TikTok! What? Why? Just open TikTok now! You'll see! I scrolled through at least three videos until I realized what they meant. My song had been made into a sound, and every TikTok after that was using clips from my album. I had gone viral, and everyone wanted more. I checked on the sales and number of streams, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It had all exploded overnight. My phone rang, and when I answered, my producer was screaming in excitement. He was congratulating me and talking about how he can finally go to Ibiza for a well-deserved week of partying. He even invited me, but I had to decline. I wanted to make sure I did something to thank Layla and Lola for everything. For adopting me. For making my dreams a reality. The next morning, I had to go on live TV. There were endless interviews and invites to go to celebrity parties. And in a few months, I won the award for Best New Artist. It was all a whirlwind of amazingness that it felt... unreal. I felt like I was in a waking dream. And I couldn't have achieved any of it if not for three women. Lola, Layla, and of course, my mother. So, after winning it all, I paid them a visit. My mom had found out the truth, but by then my sisters had trashed her credit score and she had no other choice but to live with them and let them support her. They were all in so much debt and were struggling that the house had been put up for sale. I bought it immediately, and I gave the keys to my mom. On one condition, that my sisters never be allowed to step foot there ever again. They had to make their own way and stop using mom to get what they wanted. A few weeks later, I realized what my sisters were doing for a job. They were tagging themselves in my posts and making sure everyone knew they were my sisters. They sold stories about me to tabloids and got a decent social media following because of that. I decided not to let them make money off of me, so I sent out a statement saying they were frauds and that I was not related to them at all, just like they did to me back in school. And everyone believed me. Their sponsorships dropped them, and they lost all their followers. And now, I hear they've formed a band and are singing at the subway. They've been dubbed the worst band in town. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.